Hey everybody, this is your host, Vinyl Man, Jeff of Unlikely Places, Pop and Rock Radio Show. Just drank out of the wonderful Unlikely Places mug that we saw in the last video. Uh, had Actually, this time I have coffee and not water, so might be a little jittery, but that's all right. Uh, today I have Stephen Krug Jr. with me here today. Stephen, tell us about yourself. We'll get right into it. Uh, say hi first, of course. Hello. <laughs> uh, hey, how's it going, everybody? Perfect. We'll get in there for you. Uh, we're going to just start it off real on a, you know, a nice level line. I thought I'd make it comfortable putting a Toad the Wet Sprocket album behind me for you. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, we'll get right into it. What got you into music? Uh, my my dad is a songwriter and uh, a musician. And I, oh, wow. So there was always music in the house. And uh, I, I started playing in bars with him when I was like 14. So it just kind of, it was going to happen, I think. You know, yeah, it kind of leads in. You, you're thinking of the one thing, and then you know, you starts to absorb the music. You're like, wait a second, I guess I'm going down this path. <laughs> yeah, it just it seemed ine- inevitable, but in a good way. You know what I mean? That's a good thing, though. Of course. Uh, what instrument did you first learn how to play? Or uh, I see you got a bunch of guitars behind you, but I do. Um, I mean, that's kind of the thing now, bass and guitar. But uh, I actually started on saxophone and, and keyboards. Oh, wow. Originally, like, that was the first thing I did in, in his band. Uh, played lots of keys, and uh, he got me this old Alesis keyboard, uh, you know, that used floppy drives to, like, load the sounds and stuff. Uh, I, I wish I remembered the model because it was actually really cool. But, uh, yeah, we st- started doing that, doing doing Doors and Pink Floyd and things like that. And, oh, very uh, cool. Yeah, and then playing saxophone, which... There wasn't a lot of people doing that, so that was that was pretty cool. Oh, awesome! And then, uh, what what's uh, let's get right into uh, you know where you are currently. I, I know some of your solo stuff, but I wanted to ask first about your projects that people might not know because we know your solo career. Uh, we'll get into that, of course. Uh, let's talk about the last glimpse first. How did that uh, band come about? So, uh, one of the songs we'll talk about later. Uh, the other guitarist in, in our band, he, he helped me record that. And that was kind of when we really uh, started toying with the idea of writing together. I had played bass in one of his old bands. And uh, so we knew each other, but it wasn't until we got to the studio together that we really started talking about, well, maybe we should, you know, do a, do our own thing here. And, and we kind of created a band off the side of that, that mutual love of like Smashing Pumpkins and Jimmy World and oh, wow. uh, Hum and like, well, that that kind of thing. So very, very '90s influenced, but uh, which that's kind of a theme of my, my career, really. But sure, and uh, I love Smashing Pumpkins, one of my favorite bands. One of those bands, though, I love everything that they do, but I don't have enough of their albums in my my vinyl collection yet. I have to get some more of their stuff, definitely, because uh, it's a great I, band. I mean, um, but just CDs, but yeah, they have a lot of lot of lot of material for sure. All right, Stephen, tell us about your other project, Kronos Resistor, for us. Uh, yeah, so completely opposite of either of the, you know, my solo stuff or The Last Glimpse. Uh, it's a kind of progressive, uh, ex- you know, extreme metal band, uh, death metal vocals. Uh, I play bass in that band. Oh, cool. Um, and really technical. Uh, we put out, a couple of years ago, we put out a, uh, a concept record where all the songs all go together, you know, and, uh, oh wow! I think the, the first song on the record's like eight or nine minutes long. You know, like that, that kind of thing. Just really epic, kind of big stuff. But yeah, completely different than anything else I do. So 
I was going to say, it must be different from the solo stuff, because I listen to solo stuff, I feel like a, a Glenn Phillips, like, folk rock kind of 90s yeah, well, era. Uh, I guess, you know, you you, you uh, have those people that are always like, oh, I love everything, but I, I really do. Like, I, I, I listen to everything. I probably awesome. listen to more metal than anything these days. Uh, there you go. I don't write it, you know. Yeah, I'm one of those. I love like classic rock and classic metal, like Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, any of those classic bands. And then I'm into like Black Sabbath, and then it goes from there. I'm into like Anthrax, and I like a few of the the heavier stuff as well around there. And then Slipknot for nowadays is like one of my tops. But then it, in my music, it does not reflect. Everybody's like, "Oh, you must listen to just the Beatles," and I'm like, "I do, <laughs> but I, I I love everything, you know." <laughs> it all it all ends up being an influence somehow, whether it shows yeah. up, you know, obviously or not. Yeah, I've noticed that with a lot of things, like just in general, like you could you could listen to something and then all of a sudden you start to play it and somebody mentions, oh, you sound like this. And I'm like, I never even thought of that. I'm like sitting there like I listen to them. I guess it bled through the fingers when I'm playing guitar or when I'm writing you know, lyrics out. So I get that. Right. And uh, I wanted to also ask, uh, what's what's your favorite band? And also, that's a good musician question. Any any major influences or a favorite band that really kind of stares you in a direction? I mean, well, we've, we've already kind of mentioned, I mean, my, my favorite band is Total X Rocket, uh, which, you know, I'm just glad that you even know who that is because yeah. people don't. Um, and they're always surprised by that, especially if they only know me from the heavier stuff. But, um, but yeah, I mean, those guys, uh, like I said, Jimmy World, um, Hum, uh, Fear Factory, uh, yeah. Gate, you know, so Nine Inch Nails was always a big one for me. Um, I mean, Nine Inch Nails, weirdly, is probably one of my bigger influences only in that uh, I, I was so obsessed with the idea that Trent Reznor did that mostly by himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found, I've always found that really inspiring. Um, and I tried to do that, but, you know, it's it's definitely not as easy as uh, he, he seems to make it. <laughs> well, it's like in a weird way. It's like you listen to the songs. I kind of, I kind of feel like this way with that kind of with the Beatles where it's like deceiving how hard it is. You listen to it and you're like, I could do this. I could play these. I could. And then you go to look up the chords. You're like, I uh, can't do this because their time signatures are way different than what I've been used to. And that yeah. kind of goes with some of those, uh, like if anybody's out there like, you know, Hey, it's easy to learn Primus. I don't think so. No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who's saying that. I don't think anybody is, but I know Les Claypool is a master at the technical arrangements but uh how did you end up working with dean dining from toad the wet sprocket we got to get into that uh yeah so so dean um it was a product of the the uh uh, pandemic i guess you know um we've met a number of times but you know i wouldn't say that we know each other but uh you know it was just that he had he he posts pretty frequently on Facebook about other people. He, like, hey, I, I work, I help produce this song or I'm playing on this song or whatever. And uh, so a couple of years ago, he had done one of those posts and I just, I just decided to take a chance to reach out to him and say, hey, you know, uh, do you ever work with unsigned artists? You know? Uh, yeah. And he's like, well, absolutely. You know, like, uh, send me what you're thinking about and, and, and I'll, you know, and I'll let you know. And so I, uh, I had a couple songs that you know that it ultimately ended up uh, he he worked on uh, that I wanted to do, and at the time I only had a video 
of me playing them. I didn't even, we weren't even to the demo stage yet, but I sent him those videos and, and he loved the songs. And, and so I, it kind of helped jumpstart, uh, my, my, you know, current EP because like, oh, oh wow. Now, now that if this is really going to happen, I want to, I want to do what I can to make this happen. So, uh, I'm excited to hear it too. Uh, got, got, got that going and, uh, you know, got him what he needed for the two songs and, and, he was super easy to work with and just killed it. You know, I, I gave him very minimal direction and, um, you know, on the on ocean side, especially he, he came up with, uh, adding the accordion to it, which I would have never thought to do. And, uh, it makes the song. Now I couldn't imagine it without it. So it's funny. Like I know, um, Fleetwood Mac had their parts, uh, well, they just released like the alternate CDs of like the major albums, and I was listening to Gypsy on Mirage, and there's bells that they took out. Now I'm hearing the alt version going. I can't unhear the bells now. So every time I hear the regular version, it's just it seems like always like that kind of stacking effect of um, you know where they're at with that, and it's just it, to me it's kind of fun to to hear these alternate takes that never made the airwaves till now, yeah. and I'm, I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'm going to play them on my radio show, because we have a license, so I can make it happen, so I'm like, uh, Mad Wasp Radio makes this all happen, which is great, which kind of leads me into my next question, uh, which is, uh, well, first, first, I got to ask you, first I got to ask you before I get into that, what is your favorite Toad the Wet Sprocket album, if you do have one? Um overall that i mean it's tough obviously but it's yeah it's usually coil that's uh, a great album oh it's it's also it seems like it's the most underrated like you know the one that people don't really talk about that much and i don't i don't understand that but uh yeah i just love it i mean it's got amnesia which i mean that alone blows you know that's ang- angsty kind of shouty yeah. my favorite you know uh because i'm kind of that guy too so like any anytime he gets to do that kind of stuff, uh, mm. I, I'm in. I'm in for it. But. Yeah, I really enjoy Coil a lot. That's one of my tops. I also really enjoy Bread and Circus. Uh, that's I mean that's their first. That's their debut. That's in their intro. I always uh, one little girl actually was in uh, the radio drama that your song Oceanside was in as well because I had to. I was just trying to write. I what I did was I made a song set list first, and then I was like, I'm gonna write a story behind that. And then you sent your songs. I'm like. Oh God, this even fits better. And I was in the middle of creating the story. I was like, this is awesome. So we got in somebody that's new to the show, somebody that's, you know, similar in sound, but his own thing. So it was really cool to add that in. And it, it just dead on hit with the uh, story, which was really cool. Um, even though it was kind of a, like a, a forced in, but it worked, it worked very well. And it uh, worked with the writing of the story, but I wanted to go into that song as well. Uh, tell us about Oceanside. What was it like to record that one stories behind it? Stuff like that. So uh, I was, I, I live in Illinois, but uh, I, I was born in California and I've kind of always wanted to get back there. Uh, it's something that, that my wife and I are really keen on doing uh, at some point, hopefully sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the song is, I mean, loosely, it's just about that, that desire to uh, get back, get back home, you know, uh, get back to uh California and the and the and the, and the ocean. And, um, I'm a big fan of that. So, um, and specifically, I've always you know enjoyed the the thought of having like a beach house where you can just open the door and walk right out onto the beach. You know, and I don't oh, okay. <laughs> I don't expect that to really happen. But uh, but it, it you know having some sort of you know 
a dream. You know what I mean? It's like, of course. whether that were, were, were to ever happen or not, it's just kind of about having a dream, you know, the, uh, of making that happen somehow. And uh, you got to have dreams. You got to have goals or some kind of like really uh, out there dream just to keep you going that the music kind of reaches to, you know, I fully agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I, I get accused of writing sad, nothing but sad songs. So <laughs> it's actually a really positive song. And, uh, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad it turned out the way it did. You know, it, it couldn't have been better, honestly, with everybody that was involved in making that song. Oh, plus, you got to work with a hero of yours or somebody that you look up to. I mean, that's got to bring the character to the song. I mean, I worked with members of the Posies back in the day, and it was it brought that character to songs. And I still am in communication with John Hour a little bit, but not as much as we used to be, uh, just with everything that went on, which of course uh, changed. But Frankie Zaragoza and I worked together a lot, and that he became a part of the radio station that we have today, which is grown and grown in numbers. Uh, which just as me, it was a whole thing of just me sitting in a room going, I want to call musicians and, and learn what I could do as a musician. And instead of just calling up, you can't just like call up random people. I remember uh, a past guest of ours was like, it would be kind of creepy to, uh, you know, call up my friends and be like, I just want to talk. You know, you got to got to got to have a show nowadays to, to be able to do this. So I created something kind of similar and and just having fun but originally it was just to get over my phone anxiety but now it's on a whole different level now it's become this beautiful thing where i could actually learn how other people make music and then you know be inspired and write something in a similar style or something and then be like hey you want to write a song together at some point you know it's it's kind of cool to be able to do that kind of stuff
your song, which I think is the title track of the EP slash album, uh, which is uh, Sadness, Pain, or Joy. Tell us about that one. Yeah, so uh, this one is, uh, it's about one of my guitars. Uh, it's about oh, wow. this Taylor that's behind me here. Uh, ah, cool. Specifically. Um, and it's also about uh, being a songwriter and uh, what it, what I feel like it does for me and uh, and probably a lot of other people that, you know, that write music and uh, um, being able to have that outlet, you know. But yeah, I mean, it's it's one of the more literal songs that I've written, though, just about a guitar. And I, it's, it's always fun when people pick up on that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like, is, that a song, is that song about a guitar? I'm like, yeah, it is. Good, very good, you know. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, uh, that was uh, you know another that Dean worked on, and uh, you know, yeah, his his contribution just again made the song, and um, he's got the big organ going on and everything, and awesome. Uh, just it turned out really good, you know. Um, and it's definitely more on the even though it's not a sad song, it's on the slow sad side, which is kind of my bed and butter. So, uh, I, I don't know. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. 
Year he, year he. You ever dreamed of a quest? Yeah! Alright, how about a personal life experience quest? Come on now, get your goals done and not be overwhelmed as you blend science fiction, fantasy, and more with the Hero's Journal. Seriously, I'm always told to journal, and this just made it 50 times easier. And majorly fun, too. You can use this code, UNLIKELYPLACES10, at checkout for a 10% discount on your next order at theheroesjournal.co. Yeah! I get it. I get it. Hey, it's 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 really cool to write. See, I love when writers can take a like a a, a emotion that's like a human thing, and then be able to kind of transfer it into something different that you don't expect. Because uh, now I'm gonna re-listen to the song and I'll be like, ah, oh, now I get it. Because I didn't I didn't hear that at first, which is cool. Because now I can actually. Sometimes it's cool to leave that kind of open ended. But it must be amazing when when people do come up to you and they're like, hey, is this this? And you're like, yeah, actually, yes. Because it's it's uh, it's the songwriter's dream, I think, to be able to transfer that message over and say, hey, um, you know, yeah, I actually you read what I was writing about, which I think is so cool. 
yeah. uh, leads us into your next song, Empty. Tell me about that one. So Empty is, uh, it's kind of two different things for me. It's the lyrically, it's about, uh, we have three kids and they're all adults now. So it's about, uh, you know, that point of, uh, them moving on and, and us moving on in a different way in a different phase of our lives. Um, but it was also, I, I, I wanted to kind of mess around with, uh, doing something in uh, a completely different non-standard format. So there's not, mm not verse chorus verse bridge whatever uh, yeah there's just one verse and like not really a chorus there's like a bridge kind of and then a guitar solo outro uh that's longer than the actual song is so and <laughs> uh, I, I, I couldn't be happier about it honestly it turned out great uh, uh, a good friend of mine from the area travis williams did the guitar solo and, oh wow it's very good and yeah he's he's a phenomenal player and uh, that was like his first stab at it basically you know he's like what do you think of this and i'm like sold that's it <laughs>
leave into the last of the songs that we have picked out uh, that uh, Stephen picked out for us. And that is Observations from the 86th Floor. What a creative title. I want to hear about this one. Uh, yeah, so this is an older one. Uh, it's uh, I put it out in 2011. Uh, it's on, I think it's just on my band camp right now. I need to get it out on the, the you know, all the streamers and whatnot. But um, it's actually about going on tour. Um, and uh, I, I went on uh, my first like solo tour in 09, and it was the first wow. time I had tried to do my own thing. I had uh, been in a couple of band, original bands before that, and and uh, they they you know closed down, and it's like you know what I'm just going to take some time and and uh, do my own thing, and uh, so the the 86th floor is uh, is talking about the uh, Empire State Building. So uh, oh wow, uh, it was kind of like how I was feeling when I was up on the observation deck and uh, played it played it uh, down in the village and, and uh, at the bitter end in New York and. Um, that day and then went up there and it was at night and just kind of taking it all in. And so it's kind of about that and uh, kind of a thank you to my wife for letting me uh, take that risk, you know, and, and put that tour together. And, uh, you know, it, I didn't really make anything on it, but it was, it was an adventure. And, the, uh, the the average musician thing. I didn't really yeah. make anything on it, but it was an adventure. It, it solidified <laughs> my desire to, you know, there you go, do it for real and not, not have a day job. But um, you know, that's think- that's really an ongoing process. <laughs>
what is your favorite part of the writing slash recording process? Do you have like a part that you really enjoy doing? Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm really into uh, when everything is just is first kind of coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially, I mean, I guess this applies more in the band sense, but um, when you're in the room and you're like just toying around with an idea mm-hmm. and it's slowly starting to turn into something and then before you know it, you know, whoa, we're, we're doing this right now. You know, so it's like that that initial create creation process is mm. probably my favorite thing uh, above anything else, honestly, above playing shows, above, you know, recording it. So uh, I, I love the, the end result of all of that. Um, but that initial that initial spark and that initial feeling when you you're closing your eyes and it's going around you and you can't believe mm. you're creating that, you know, it's coming from you and you're you're. you're you know, the people that you're working with at the time. Yeah, like the divine intervention of music. I know I felt that like where I sit with the guitar. I love to write all my stuff on acoustic. Uh, that's my secret. I do. I record on electric and, I, and then I'll add acoustic parts in depending if I need it. But I write all my songs on acoustic because that is the most bare bones, raw instrument guitar wise that I think you could have yeah. to really feel the emotions of the songs. And then you could build from there. That's usually been my thing. Oh, and that took a while to find that. And usually don't it doesn't sound good you know yeah <laughs> so i can oh, I, it's, yeah I, I tend to write on acoustic as well um mm-hmm. and then transfer it later or or keep it that way depending like a lot of these songs obviously are on acoustic but um yeah I, I'll, I'll i'll move it over later yeah and then you just you're able to kind of to be able to write and just there's no pressure of something in front of you that you're recording there's you know it's just you and the instrument that you know, you know, you know, and I think that's so cool. Uh, I have one more question for you Then we're going to leave the floor open to whatever you want to mention, but uh, any future plans for, for Steven Krug Jr. at the moment? Uh, yeah. So I'm uh, just started the uh, initial demo process and uh, sketching out of writing some new stuff for to hopefully put out next year. Uh want to kind of keep this train rolling as it were, you know? Um, uh, yeah. So I've got a, I have this song. It's the first complete song uh, actually that I ever wrote uh, probably in like 92 or 93 and uh, 46. So I'm, yeah. Wow. <laughs> but uh, I have two different versions of this song and, you know, the, the original one and then, a number of years later, I, I rewrote it musically and, and, you know, melodically, it's just with the same lyrics. And uh, I've, I've always kind of liked when people take take a song and put two different versions of it on an album. And mm-hmm. that, it's done that, you know, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, Beatles have done that. So, um, and so that's kind of where I'm going with with this, this next uh, release. Hopefully it'll be a full album, but, it, you know, even if it's another EP, I'm cool with that, but. Uh, but having these two versions of, of the same song that are completely different from each other, um, kind of being, you know, I'd probably start the album with one of them and then put the other one in the middle somewhere. But um, and then the other stuff that I, I have quite a few songs that are that are that are you know itching to get out like their friends got to. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I definitely want to try to get some more of that stuff done. So that's that's 
that's definitely where I'm at. Well, thank you for coming on. Uh, anything you want to say to the audience before uh, we end the recording today? Uh, just thanks for, for checking mm-hmm. me out. Just, uh, as you said, Stephen Kirk Jr. Uh, well, I guess you'll for Stephen M. Kirk Jr. I put my full name in, like I said, because my dad is a artist as well. And, ah. Uh, though he doesn't actually have anything out there right now, but he, he plans to. So I, I, I wanted to leave him, you know. Nice. The, the chance to have his own name out there instead of mine. So, um, but yeah, I'm I'm all over the place out there. Spotify, you know, and Apple Music and all that fun stuff. So definitely check it out. And if you like the heavy, you can check out Tony's sister. And perfect. <laughs> yeah, we got you know. Hopefully, we we just kind of recently started started that going again. It was on hiatus for a little bit, we just, but uh, it's played our first show in quite a while. Oh wow, nice. But recently and. So that's been fun and uh, kind of flexing those muscles again too. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, check all that stuff out and we uh, good to have more more people on board. So.
seem safe and sound Isn't always Sometimes it's wrong What may seem safe and sound Isn't always Sometimes it's wrong What may seem safe and sound Hope you enjoyed that video you just watched. I'm your host, Vinyl Man Jeb of Unlikely Places Pop and Rock Radio Show here on YouTube and more places as well, Anchor too. Please subscribe to the channel if you really enjoyed it. Send us a like and leave a comment. It's the only way it kind of keeps it in the rotation. We really need the support to get those numbers up because that helps us help you get these great guests and great podcasts your way. As always, I'll see you next time. Signing off, Vinyl Man Jeb. <laughs>